Well, a harja, Shaw Jerry Adams, a race, August Morris Gra, Tasula Gomsa, Goel Shivsha, Gomoy. Just before Christmas, my friend Greg O'Loughlin, the executive director of Friends of Sinn Fein in the USA, gave me the sad news that veteran American civil rights leader King Hollins had died. Now, I had the honour of meeting King and his fellow activists, Rip Patton and Richard Dinkins, during a visit to Nashville in November 2018. I was there to speak in the Civil Rights Room in the Nashville Public Library, along with King on the connections between the Civil Rights Movement in the USA and the Civil Rights Association in Ireland in the 1960s. King and Rip had participated in the famous Woolworth's lunchtime sit-ins in the 1960s. They were also freedom writers. At that time, black citizens were banned by the draconian segregation laws from sitting at the whites' only lunch counters. They were also segregated on public transport, confined to the back of the bus. When this legislation ended, there was a violent opposition by white racists to the integration of the interstate transport system. So some courageous men and women, black and white, freedom riders, took to the buses and trains to challenge segregation. Many were beaten and hundreds were imprisoned. While in Nashville, I visited the Woolworths building where they did sit-ins, along with Rip and King and with Judge Richard Dinkins, another veteran. We sat at the lunch counter where almost 60 years ago African-American citizens were attacked. They recounted their experience, including arrest and assaults, before we all sang, We Shall Overcome, to the surprised diners. The death of King's Holland is a huge loss to his family and friends, and to the struggle for rights. I enjoyed King's company and his singing, and I'm glad to have celebrated his courage. Gunyani Gia Trukra Er. Richard has insisted that I write a little bit about the death of Frank Kitson. Kitson, British Army General and leading advocate of counterinsurgency operations and collusion between British state forces and death squads, died last week. I've written about him many times. I'm sure his death will be mourned by those within the British system whom he served over many decades in defence of the empire. He was rewarded with medals, a knighthood and military promotions. He was for a time commander-in-chief of the UK Land Forces. From 1982 to 1985, he was aide-de-camp general to the English Queen. Few of any of his many victims who were tortured, imprisoned, killed by his counter-gangs and collusion strategies, whether here in the north of Ireland or in Malaya, Kenya, Aden or Cyprus, will shed tears at his passing. After the civil, after the Second World War, Britain fought over 50 colonial wars in defence of its empire. Kitson fought in some of these, and his damaging influence was felt in others. He fought in Malaya, but it was in Kenya in the 1950s that he came to prominence. 
The dehumanization of the native Kenyan people reached new levels of racism and barbarity at that time. They were labelled animals, barbarians and vermin. Tens of thousands ended up in over 100 detention camps. Many of the men were castrated using pliers. Women and men were raped, sometimes using blunt instruments like bottles and rifle barrels. Others were mutilated by prison guards and British Army officers. Some had fingers and ears sliced off. Others were burnt to death. Kitson also established counter gangs. These gangs were made up of British soldiers, including Kitson himself on occasion, and former members of those fighting against British rule. <coughs> they travelled the countryside, killing, maiming, interrogating and torturing. One particular technique Kitson introduced involved using hooded agents or informers to identify those who were then sent to the camps for torture. The results of all of this that was that 30,000 Kenyans were killed, one and a half million were interned, torture was commonplace, and 1,090 were hanged using a portable gallows. Kitson honed his skills in other colonial conflicts, including Aden and Cyprus and the Oman. Consequently, when British army troops were deployed in Derry and Belfast in August 1969, many within their ranks had served in these complex zones and brought with them the brutal techniques they had learned. Kitson joined them in 1970 as commander in Belfast of the 39th Brigade area. He immediately began implementing his strategies. In the autumn of 1971, the British Army created a new Unionist paramilitary organisation, a counter gang, the Ulster Defence Association, out of the many small neighbourhood vigilante loyalist groups. Kitson believed that to win against a guerrilla enemy, which had the support of its community, or at least a significant proportion of its community. The government, the law, the judiciary, the media all had to be reshaped and moulded by the government to suit the aims of defeating the enemy. It was about controlling the population, using counter gangs and death squads to coerce it, establishing special units and employing psycho-ops, psychological operations and media manipulation. Kitson rationalised the use of death squads and the corruption of justice. He said and wrote, everything done by government and its agents in combating insurgency must be legitimate. But that does not mean that the government must work within exactly the same set of laws during an emergency as existed beforehand. The law should be used as just another weapon in the government's arsenal, in which case it becomes little more than a propaganda cover for the disposal of unwanted members. Of the public. While Kitson was based in Belfast, he was responsible for establishing the Military Reaction Force, MRF. It sought to stoke sectarian conflict by killing Catholics. In addition, one para was also based in Palace Barracks in Hollywood, where Kitson resided. He encouraged the paras to be violent and brutal in their actions. The paras were known as Kitson's private army. 
Parachute Regiment was responsible for the Ballymurphy Massacre and for Bloody Sunday in Derry. When the Paras killed 14 people in Derry, the adjutant of the first Para was Michael Jackson. He subsequently produced in his own handwriting the shot list, which claimed that all the victims had guns or bombs. Like Kitson, he rose to the top of the British Army. Later, Jackson described his admiration for Kitson. He was the son around which the planets revolved and very much set the tone for the operational style in Belfast. I know that those who oppose British militarism by force in our own place, like the freedom fighters in other parts of the globe, were also responsible for inflicting hurt. I've never tried to disguise that and I regret the harm done. Kitson was a failure. He never, to my knowledge, showed any concern for the brutal policies he devised and implemented. His policies failed. They reflected the will of the British establishment at that time. Kitson was their man. But you know, you cannot begin to understand the conflict in Ireland or Kitson's role in it without setting it in the context of the English colonisation of Ireland. Nor can you understand the brutality and depravity that accompanied it without recognising that the British Empire was built on a deep-rooted racism, arrogance and intolerance that saw other peoples as less than human. Today's genocide in Gaza has its roots in this history. Millions died across the world as British colonialism exploited them in the interests of profit. Kitson was at the centre of this imperialist and colonial aggression and he was amply rewarded for his ruthless and cruel defence of that imperialism by successive British governments. And finally, Nolag Naman or Women's Christmas or Little Christmas was celebrated on January the 6th. And traditionally, that's the last day of the Christmas period when the role of the women who did all the work preparing for and making Christmas a success was celebrated. That was the day, January the 6th, that they had the opportunity to rest and to celebrate. It's also the day when the Christmas tree and the decorations were supposed to come down. Until recently, the celebration of Nolignamon had declined. It was limited to uh, mostly rural areas and mostly areas steeped in the Gildom or in Gildtocht areas and with some uh, occasional in Dublin city particularly and maybe other cities, some small pockets of celebration. But thankfully that is now changing and this custom is being revived. But nowadays for many women, Nullagamon has a much broader meaning it is a celebration of the strength of women, of their right to equality and parity of esteem. So long may this continue. And belatedly, Nulug Naman, we, Waisha, Devsha, Gulyar. Awashin Misha, so Luri Majoration, Shakhtan, Shahogin, Gunyuri, and Talat. And maybe just a little thought for. My friend, for our friend, Sean McKinley, who was buried, he was cremated actually, uh, 
on Friday and uh, he was a good wee man with a smile and a great warrior for the Republican struggle and for freedom. Slan Sean August Mila Buehas Ditsa Slan Levsha Alig Slan August Banakti.